folks. Welcome to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, Peachy Patrick. Two Feet Apart is a space for individuals to learn that language matters, that words mean things, that to embrace diversity means to practice inclusivity within the LGBTQ plus Indigenous, people of color, and Black communities. To embrace diversity means to provide accessible practices for those who possess visible and invisible disabilities. It's a space to place egos in the crevices of our beings in hopes of broadening mental horizons to foster growth. It's a space to fuel mindfulness. It's a space to emulate vulnerability in the sharing of our stories because our stories are our greatest strengths and our strongest powers, our superpowers. With that in mind, happy listening. So you started Honest Hustle about two years ago, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, actually, it's hard to think it's been that long, but it has been that long. (laughs) That's incredible. Um, So what kind of sparked that? So, um, I mean, honest also, I think it's strange, but it's, I think it's been growing for a long time in my brain, um, just through experiences and things that I've tried and things that haven't worked in the past. It's almost like I've been doing this, like self-identifying uh, type of process of elimination of the things that like don't light me up and the things that do. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what really brought it to light was going on my first maternity leave with my first um, child and knowing that you know, I have all these hobbies and all these things that I love to do. And now I'm going to be mom. And so therefore I'll have my nine to five and then I will be mom until bedtime. And those two like very like rigid structures and titles felt very, um, just very restricting. So I wanted a place and a way for me to explore all the other things that I love to do. Um, so that I wouldn't grow any resentment towards anybody in my family, let alone my children for, you know, not being able to pursue the things I wanted to do. I never wanted them to be, you know, um, a reason for me not to do something. If anything, they're like the why of why I do it. So that was kind of like the moment I was like, okay, I think I I do need to do something because um, I need to put all these things that I, like all these things I'm passionate about together. Um, And then I obviously eventually phase out of a, of a nine to five at the end of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That resonates so deeply with me (laughs) because I'm currently on my first mat leave and I'm like, same mindset. I'm like, do I want to just go from one role to the other and just kind of lose um, kind of the aspects of individuality in between? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's so easy for, for mothers to do that. So um, you almost have to be, you have to be so self-aware of how you will feel after the fact, like you have to be able to envision after mat leave, what does that look like? It looks like I wake up and I get my kid ready and I take him to daycare um, and I don't see him all day. And then I do a nine to five for another company that sees me as a number at the end of the day. Um, And then I pick up my kid and I come home and we do what parents do at nighttime, which is like a race to the finish line. Yeah. (laughs) And And then you're exhausted and now you're supposed to pour into yourself. Like, very difficult to do. Um, mm-hmm. So finding a way to make that nine to five time lock uh, look a little bit different was definitely enticing and uh, and should be, at least should be considered by most people just so that we know what we're walking into post mat leave. I right. think sometimes po- post mat leave catches us by surprise sometimes. Yes. Um, so let's just 
get ahead of that. <laughs> Absolutely. So what would be your piece of advice for kind of other parents that are looking for kind of the motivator? Maybe they don't know what, uh, what that passion is that they can build off of. Um, or maybe they don't know kind of what, how to start and take the first steps in the right direction to do something like transition out of these tra traditional roles. I mean, I, I think our history has a lot to teach us. So I would always say to look back and see, you know, where have you felt the most alive? Like, when have you been the most inspired? When has time literally gone away from you and you've forgotten to eat dinner because you're so enthralled in what you're doing? Um, you know, when have you just really felt like you're in the flow? Um, and starting to just make note of that just in a little list, not even pushing yourself to be like, I have to come up with my thing tonight. Um, but just mm -hmm. starting to, you know, capture those things is a way that we can use everything we've experienced um, and learn from it and take, take the good forward and kind of, you know, do what we do best. So I would recommend just even tracking and becoming more self-aware of when we're feeling these really bright and light emotions. Um, and, uh, and when we're not right, because just as easy, we can focus on like, you know, this is when I feel the most drained after I do this activity, I'm always like exhausted and I need to go pass out somewhere. Um, maybe that's not what you want to dedicate your life, you know, to. So understanding that is a really good starting point. I would say for the most part to at least start trying and knowing what to try. And then mm -hmm. from there, um, it becomes a, a really fun life experiment of like, ticking them off one by one and, and attempting different things from your list and seeing what you want to eventually, you know, monetize or not, what your value, where your values lie, because that's really important and what you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, so I think starting with that is a really good place to start to learn ourselves a little bit better. And I mean, really our past selves know everything. So we just have to, we just have to take a moment to like appreciate everything we've done and be like, oh, I actually am really good at this. And I never mm -hmm. thought about it. So Mm -hmm. I reference this book all the time, but this brings me back to Single on Purpose by the Angry Therapist, John Kim. Um, and in it, it's not necessarily about, you know, being single and living your life. It's more just whether you're in a relationship or not. It's the individuality piece. And so it's focusing on what makes you happy, what makes you passionate, what makes you feel like you said most alive. And so one of the things he said in it was, you know, I think actually those were the exact words. When was a moment you felt most alive and how can you mm -hmm. integrate that into your daily routine? And for me, I read this book when I was living in like a small town in Alberta, pregnant, super sick, just kind of miserable <laughs> to be honest. Um, and I was just kind of looking for some, some ray of light to kind of cling on to, to try and make it through. And so when I had read this book, I was like, well, for me, that was that drive out to Alberta. Um, and so I just decided that at least once a week, I would take a drive, even if it was to the middle of nowhere with, you know, windows down, music that I can sing along to playing and just kind of like enjoy the moment. And even now um, being back, well, I still live in the country, but in Ontario, um, but even being back here, even with my son or without him, sometimes I just stitch him at home. I try to integrate the same thing because like you said, your past self knows, like you can figure out exactly what you need you just have to know how to look for it um and I guess my question here is you know the one thing that's good about like a nine to five job is when you're done unless you're in like a high stress position or something um 
but when you're done, you're done. So like you're done work for the day. The thing with being an entrepreneur or a business owner is that um, that's so integrated within your personal life because that's everything that you kind of pour into. Um, And so you see a lot of people saying, you know, you need to stay up all night and, you know, just put in all this extra time and everything like that. Um, And that can be a deterrent for a lot of people because that aspect of balance and kind of avoiding burnout before it happens um, is something that people, I think now are starting to realize is important. Um, So how do you navigate that? How do you find kind of the way to balance, not even like the parenting and working side of it, um, but more just kind of the work um, and your life because they're so intertwined. Yeah, you make a great point. Um, and that is, that's a huge thing that either people think about a lot before they jump into entrepreneurship or they don't think about at all. Uh, and it catches them by complete surprise, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I've, I'm, it's funny for me to speak on this mostly because I, I have been on all over the map when it comes to this. I think I have come now to a place of understanding what balance looks like for me. Um, I think what is really important to, to note here is that like, we're all so different. So, mm-hmm. um, and I know we know that, but we're also different in how we operate and where, you know, we have the most energy and when, you know, we're feeling those, um, you know, high vibes to create, um, if you follow the moon or is it like with your moon cycles or is it like with astrology or is it, what is it for you that really, you know, brings in that energy and are you pushing through the moment when you're supposed to be relaxing when you're supposed to be, you know, filling your cup. Um, I have at the beginning, uh, you know, I just basically did the whole nap time hustle, which was, you know, anytime my kid was down sleeping, um, that's when I was working. So it, the whole sleep on the baby sleeps was never a thing <laughs> for mm-hmm. me at the beginning. And, uh, and I pushed way too hard, way too hard at the beginning. I've burned myself out countless times in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And it's been through a mixture of learning kind of where my limits lie, um, you know, learning to say no uh, to things. And that takes time and effort and it takes confidence and it takes knowing and believing in your worth. So there's just so many lessons that um, are really difficult to teach you know, kind of like, it's hard to, to explain or to teach them without you having gone going through them or having been through them. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we all at some point will learn what our version of like balance and what our cap is and what our burnout looks like. Because, um, you know, a lot of us, especially jumping into entrepreneurship, want to do all the things. Like we want to say yes to all the projects and we want to say yes to all the opportunities. And Um, And everything either looks like dollar signs coming in or like a good opportunity that could lead to something else. And like, yes, we'll see, we'll say yes to that. Um, And that, that burnt my, burnt me out real quick at the beginning. Um, Then it took time for me to realize, okay, well, these are the tasks that, you know, I can do, but I don't want to do in my Mm -hmm. business. So although, yes, I can sell them, you know, I can, I can do this task for someone and, and they will pay me money for it. That exchange is actually not a great exchange. It's not a great energetic exchange. Um, because no no matter what it is, the task itself is burning me out, is is really draining me. So you can't pay me enough for it. Therefore, Mm -hmm. I have to just remove it. And so starting to remove things from, you know, my to-do list helped a lot and from my services and offerings. Um, And then it was just, 
really understanding like, what do I want my life to look like? Because as much as we can say, you know, oh, we don't want to have the nine to five, like we still need to fit in hours to do the work we need to do to grow a business, right? So um, at first I had this magical thought that like my kids were never going to go into daycare and that um, I would just get to work like around their schedule. Mm. And that was like a really hard thing for me to like work around, right? Because Mm -hmm. there is this guilt that comes heavier into play I find in entrepreneurship when you do have to put your child in daycare Mm -hmm. because you do have work you need to do and because you are growing you know something really beautiful and something that you're really passionate about Mm -hmm. it's expected in a nine-to-five but when you're an entrepreneur it's like well aren't you an entrepreneur so you don't have to put your kids in daycare isn't that the whole Mm -hmm. point um so you know you struggle with balance because you struggle with knowing like how often, you know, should I be working? And, uh, and at what hours do I invest in working in my business? And for a lot of my life, pre-children, in high school, in my middle school life, um, I've been a very nocturnal person. So I've, I've always loved staying up past like ridiculous hours of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the beginning, that felt like I was almost, um, you know, preaching that this was the way to do life, that this was the way to do entrepreneurship, like stay up late and work late. But I'm not, I just like hate the mornings. <laughs> so yeah. like, I couldn't wake up early to work. And so that's how I ended up, you know, working out my schedule. I end up working a lot more in the evenings. I find them most creative. Um, I get really into the zone. I love that everyone else is sleeping and nobody needs me or needs my body <laughs> for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a beautiful time for me to get into it. But Um, But I think at the end of the day, in terms of like your question, how do we avoid it? How do we work around that? How have I balanced that? Really, it's been by trial and error. It's been by pushing too hard and then realizing, okay, well, that's that's a limit I don't want to do again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been by putting up some boundaries that are uncomfortable by saying no a lot, which can feel like um, you're a bad person or like you're not helping or you're not, you know, providing or being a people pleaser, which at the end of the day, a lot of us mothers tend to be. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, it's just a balancing act. So I will say I, I definitely, I'm probably still learning and I'll probably continue to be learning what my new limits will, will be as my kids change in age and have more needs from me or less. I'm also currently pregnant. Therefore, you know, there's a newborn coming that's going to mm-hmm. also alter and affect how my current timetable looks like. So um, it's a constant process. I think as our business grows, as we learn more about ourselves, we will always be you know, shifting and changing what balance looks like in our lives. So it's very difficult to kind of put a hourly breakdown of of what that looks like for all of us. But Mm -hmm. I think with time, and as long as you're willing to be strong enough to like put those boundaries up, you can find the balance definitely for yourself and have a business that actually feels so good. So, so, so good. And doesn't feel like, you know, you have to have guilt over not working on it every minute of the day Mm -hmm. or a weekend or a holiday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, like, I think that goes for so many things in life that people just don't really recognize. Like even with parenting, um, I finally got my son on like a sleep schedule after a very long time. Um, and he would go to sleep at midnight and sleep in until noon every day. Like he slept good, but I'm like, this timing does not work for social outings and things like that um it works for me because I'm a night person which is how he ended up like this um but you know I finally brought it back and then all of a sudden I found that a lot of people were asking for sleep advice in my circle um and I'm like Mm -hmm. you know I can share exactly what we did but it took 
four months of trying different things bi-weekly to figure out exactly which bits and pieces I could put together that worked best for us. Um, and so I feel like it's kind of the same there. Um, and surely it's the same with like pretty much every component of life because we are individuals. We each have like different needs and things like that. So it could apply to even like diets and exercise. It can apply to, um, you know, family life and stuff like that. But especially with, you know, the business side of things, you don't have to be that person that always stays up till 5 a.m. and then wakes up at 6 a.m. and goes for a jog and then starts working. Um, even <laughs> though that's, you know, even though that's what's really pushed, um, especially in I find like, media and movies and TV and stuff like that. Um, and I think the guilty part is such a big component of it. And it's something that, you know, I even struggle with. And I think that goes hand in hand with like validity. Like, um, you know, you have to validate yourself and, you know, I deserve the ability to focus on my work as if I was working a traditional nine to five job. So it's okay if my kid's in daycare, um, it's, it doesn't make me any less of a business owner or parent. Um, and yeah. even just for kind of the boundaries and setting stuff like that, um, with your business. And that's kind of one thing that I've, that I've been working on is that like imposter syndrome, like, you know, oh, I feel like I can't, uh, you know, have someone watch my kids so I can report a podcast and things like that. And I'm like, I can, because if it was a traditional job, that would just be a given. Um, and so you still deserve kind of the same, not even the same, but you still deserve to have your cup filled, however it looks like, and, you know, work around your schedule. Like if it's possible and it works for you, then there's no reason why um, there should be the shame associated with it. Right. Um, but it's just so ingrained in us. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things like that you mentioned that's, that's important to highlight is that, you know, a lot of us, um are like being a mother is just it's it's not all of us like it's not all we are mm -hmm. and I think it's it's such a um such a funny thing we're expected uh society really has made it feel like you know you become a mother and now you're expected to like that be your reason for breathing yeah um, that is like why you are on this planet um mm -hmm. there is literally now nothing else more important about you than the fact that you birth this life yeah um and that has a like quite a array of you know consequences that come with that thinking that mm -hmm. you know are commonly reasons why mothers do end up putting themselves like at the bottom of a, of a list of priorities because mm -hmm. all of a sudden the mother part of themselves is the most important part of themselves isn't anymore or the sexy part of themselves isn't anymore mm -hmm. or the you know part like the hard-working like career driven individual that they literally were the minute before they gave birth now mm -hmm. is like not as worthy and not as important. And that's a huge part of why I feel so strongly about, you know, exercising boundaries the way that I have had them in my business and mm -hmm. really working to remove the guilt from my kids are in daycare. My kids are in daycare all day. And that is perfectly fine. They are getting the most awesome social interactions. They're getting to play mm -hmm. with lots of kids. They're getting to do tons of activities that honestly, I don't do. I, I don't like, for example, we live in Canada. Do you think I've gone out to play in the snow? Maybe right? a couple of times, but I'm like yeah. not that person. So I'm not going to mm -hmm. force myself to be that. They get enough mm -hmm. of that at school, but I do other great activities with them at home. When I have them, it's about 
when you choose to be present with your kids and actually being present and like sitting down and doing a puzzle with them or like helping them, you know, write letters or do the things that are, that are fun and engaging with them. But if I was only mom, I would be a terrible mother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would resent my kids. I would have all this like pent up, you know, um, creativity and, and drive that isn't being put anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would put way too much pressure on the mother part of things and it would not be fulfilling. So I truly believe, you know, women and mothers specifically have to put themselves at the top of the list. Like literally you are number one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not selfish to put yourself there because honestly, if you don't function well, the rest of the list doesn't function well. So your kids are not going to function well because mommy's unhappy, right? Um, it's why we have to, you know, I, I go and I, I go to the salon um, every two weeks and I get my hair blown out. And I started doing this because um, I, I, I started, you know, thinking a lot more and getting really deep into like, who is this future me? Who is this future, like, you know, amazing, incredible, like powerful woman in the future that I am like working on, on becoming more like? what does she do? Like what's on her calendar? What are the things that she like does all the time? And one of the things I said was, well, she gets a weekly, she goes to the salon weekly and she gets her hair done. And, and I said, well, how can I get a little bit closer to her? There's a lot of other stuff she does that I don't have capabilities of doing right now, but that's one little thing that I could do to make myself feel more like that person. Mm-hmm. And I can't do weekly, but maybe I can do bi-weekly. And this schedule, like this thing has been in my calendar now, like I think I've been doing it now for like six months or so, and it's in the calendar and and it's a thing that I've I've protected. So, you know, yeah, mommy goes to the salon and she gets her hair done every two weeks and daddy figures it out (laughs) and he keeps Mm -hmm. the kids and he'll figure out that time or whatever's happening during that time. Um, And there is no guilt around it because it's like, nope, this is, this is what I do. And it's those little things that help me show up differently. It's like, it's, it's, it's a crazy little thing for me specifically, but like getting my hair done makes me show up differently in the world. (laughs) And so I am happier and I'm more confident. And I just decide to like, I walk differently and that's perfectly okay to admit, but also perfectly okay to like, you know, protect, um, because I show up differently in so many other ways. And I know that at the end of the day, it has an impact on how I parent. It has an impact on what mommy's like at home. And Mm -hmm. it's in those times that we have to remind ourselves that we are like the most important person in our life, because from there, everything else will be more positive and actually do better. So I hear you on the mom guilt. It still comes up a billion Mm -hmm. times all the time for different reasons, especially when we sit ourselves down next to like another mom who's like preparing incredible homemade meals. Oh my God. (laughs) Right. There's a million things we can compare ourselves against. Um, Yeah. But at the end of the day, I truly do believe like um, society has really told us that we are we're mothers and that is like our priority in life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that we have that really wrong. Mm -hmm. There's so much there that I want to unpack. I was like scribbling notes as we went. (laughs) So um, yes, like amen to all of that. I think that you know, the labeling just as one role, like that doesn't happen to fathers or partners. Um, And the other part of the relationship, if you're in a partnered relationship, um, it doesn't happen. And so why, after we just did all of this work and we just grew this person and, you know, burst this person, why is it now that, you know, okay, so you've done all this, the rest is still all on you, you know? 
Um, and I think like, it's tough, it's hard. And like, I'm a single mom. And so I find that I definitely, I'm like, the second I take a moment for myself, I'm like, wow, that is so selfish. Like I need to be spending that time with him. And then, you know, I moved to back to Ontario because I have a lot of family here and stuff. Um, and they're all super great with helping. And so, you know, that protecting the space to kind of identify outside of that is so important. Like I guarantee you when I leave this room and we're done recording, I will be in a 10 times better mood than I was this morning, wiping boogers and feeding mm -hmm. baby oatmeal. Um, and it's not to say that I don't enjoy taking that time and spend yeah. taking care of my kid and spending that time. But, um, it's hard when you're constantly giving out and you're not putting anything back in. Um, yeah. And so I, I think I, when we first met, I remembered you saying that about the blowouts. I can't remember if you said it, um, you know, to the, to the crowd, cause it was like a podcast did, yeah. recording <laughs> event. Yeah. Um, so I just remember, and I was like, Oh, and I just kind of was like, I will uh, keep that in mind. And so since then I've been like, well, I should be protecting that time and like doing things like that. And so, um, you know, like I take him to stroller fit and then I go to boot camp separately. And the separately is it's a non-negotiable. Like my boyfriend wants to go on a date. No, sorry. Like mm -hmm. we can go before, after another day, whatever that's protected time. Um, and you know, things like that. And even just like so much as like, I usually shower with him because he's at the mm -hmm. age now where he will get into everything. Um, and so just to be like, at least once a week, I would love if someone could watch him even for five minutes for me to shower by myself, yeah. um, turn the water slightly above room temperature and just like enjoy, <laughs> enjoy it, you know? Um, and so I think protecting that space and recognizing that has been really essential um, to like my mental health and I'm sure yours as well. Yeah. And I'm trying to now like kind of nudge every other mom that I know. And I'm like, Hey, like, mm -hmm. you know, I can even watch the kid. If you, if you want a little you time, like, trust me, it'll feel magic as soon as you're done. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, and then another thing kind of relating to that, that you had mentioned was um, when you think like, I'm just not that person. And I remember I have a friend um, and she has four little ones. And she, one time we were out for drinks and she said, you know, I am not the mom to sit and play on the floor with them. But if they want to go out, if they want to do a craft, if they want to whatever, I'm more than happy to. And I have had to recognize that because sometimes I'm like, I just do not enjoy this. And then I'm sitting here miserable and my son's picking up off that energy. And he's like, well, why are we even doing this kind of, I, he can't talk yet, but I'd imagine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what he would say. Um, and so it's kind of like honoring, like, I am not the type that will sit there and play in the snow. Um, but A, I'll find you someone that is, mm -hmm. or B, I'll limit it and try, but then I'll make sure that when I'm doing those other things, I'm being extra present and I'm making sure that, you know, my phone's away. Um, even if I want to take a thousand pictures, I want to kind of try to remember it just visually first um, and just kind of really think like in the moment, stay out of my head. Um, sometimes there's meditation strategies involved to like focus mm -hmm. if there's a lot going on outside of that. Um, but just having that presence um, becomes like a boundary set with myself kind of thing. Um, and so in terms of boundaries and with working and parenting and 
being a business owner and wearing so many hats, um, do you have kind of something that you kind of live by with this? Because I think that with boundaries and everything that we've just discussed with, you know, having multiple roles and things like that is the thing with boundaries is um, a lot of times people either perceive it as you trying to keep them out um, or just kind of the rigid, rigidity, rigidity. Yeah. The, you know what I mean? The rigidness of the boundaries um, kind of being a limiting factor for some people, but as we've just discussed, like it can be so, so beneficial. So how, um, like what kind of does that boundary setting look like to you? How do you make sure that, um, you know, setting it isn't a stressor and then, you know, the boundaries taking off additional stress as well? Yeah, no, and honestly, like that's a good point. And there are a lot of parts of boundary setting that can be triggering for people. Um, because we, we just try to like revert back, especially when we feel any kind of resistance from anybody <laughs> against mm-hmm. a boundary that we especially just set. Um, so I think one of the first things is to start with understanding, like, what do you really, really care about enough that you would like fight for it? Because like, mm-hmm. there's definitely like, it's the whole thing of like choosing your battles, you know, and mm-hmm. at the very end, that's like the nature of life with kids too. <laughs> it's like, you had to choose your battles right here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, in life and with, uh, even other relationships with friendships, with family, uh, when it gets to more complex, um, types of relationships in our adult life, uh, boundary setting can be really difficult. And I think one of the things that I start with is, um, I I always have to go back to like having people really understand like their worth, Mm -hmm. um, because the reason that we struggle to set boundaries is because we struggle to see our worth is we right. struggle to see how worthy we are of setting that boundary and mm-hmm. how like it is completely within our right to do so. Yes. But yeah. as soon as we start to doubt that boundary or we start to doubt that maybe we couldn't, you know, oh my gosh, no, I could never say no to that or I could never do that or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's then I always go back to it's really not about setting the boundary. It's about actually your belief about yourself that needs to have some work done and that we need to look into mm-hmm. because that's, I think, where everything stems from. If you have the confidence to say, you know, I cannot, example, see this person anymore because Mm -hmm. every single time that this happens or that we are together, there Mm -hmm. is negativity, there is chaos. I feel awful. I feel, you know, all of these negative emotions and it's just like, you know, all of these things are are coming up. Then there's like a Mm -hmm. lot there for you to unpack, right? Why are these emotions coming up? Is it really the person or is it the situation that you're putting yourself in constantly? And it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. who the person is, but every single time you're in that kind of a situation, you're always reacting that way. Then is it the person or do you have to remove yourself from those kinds of situations? Um, And to be a little bit more specific, you know, we can talk about a boundary of, for example, limiting time with like a person that we know, like potentially a family member. Because I think when I talk to entrepreneurs and, and, um, you know, there's about like 70 or so people that I talk to more regularly um, inside Mm -hmm. a community that I run called the Honest Hustle Club. It's Mm -hmm. full of women, but it's also full of women who are entrepreneurs. And the one thing that I will say that every single one of them has mentioned, struggles with, still deals with, is um, an unsupportive family member. Mm-hmm. everybody has like one at least <laughs> so it yeah. could be like an uncle it could be a cousin it could be a an in-law it doesn't matter everybody seems to have somebody um mm-hmm. or it could be a friend 
that um, that seems to be unsupportive. And therefore they're like always struggling with like, oh my gosh, I have to see this person, but then I know I'm going to talk about my business and then they're going to be like such a downer about it. Or, you know, I'm working on this new thing and I'm really excited about this new goal. And then, but I know as soon as I tell them, like, you know, this is the thing that they're going to say. So then here, there's a couple options. It's, is the boundary to not see this person anymore? Is that even like a feasible boundary for you to set in your relationship, in your life, in your family structure? Mm -hmm. Um, Is that what you actually want? Or is it that every time you talk about your business, like this thing comes up and all this negativity comes up? Mm -hmm. Because the one thing that people are not um, entitled to is to know every single thing about you and to know every single goal that you're striving for. So maybe it's more, are you putting yourself in that situation because you're choosing to share all of these hopes and dreams with the Mm -hmm. wrong people. Like, and so it's like, okay, so maybe my boundaries, I actually don't talk about business with this person anymore. Like we're, we're family. We're going to talk about our kids. We're going to talk about, you know, this or that, or in our family event or planning Christmas, but we're not going to talk about my business. And I can set that boundary by just saying like, you know what, like I'm getting really stressed out, like talking about this, or I'm really uncomfortable to talk about this right now, or I don't know enough or whatever you want to say. But deciding and making a point that you're not going to talk about business anymore is a really good boundary to set. So that's where like, it depends on what level of comfort you feel like you have with the people or the things that you want to put boundaries around. But at the end of the day, it's about protecting you because you are worthy of being protected, right? It comes Mm -hmm. back to worth of your energy and of your like mental space and of how you feel energetically after every single interaction. Um, Mm -hmm. So just being more aware, I think journaling is a really good practice, especially after, you know, you have had like a triggering encounter to know like, why is this affecting me this way? Um, and learning a little bit more about like why those things are coming up. So boundary setting can be really, um, it can actually be a really fun self-discovery process rather than what we see it as, which is like, it's this like, well, we're putting up walls everywhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like blocking people left and right. Yeah, um, It's not that it's, we're learning so much more about ourselves that we're starting to realize what we're worthy of and what we're not worthy of. Um, and those are some of the things that stand with that. Now, when it comes to fun things like, you know, um, getting your hair done or going to the salon or doing whatever it is, you know, doing your bootcamp class, mm-hmm. um, that's different. That's understanding the worth that you have in taking the time for yourself in filling your cup in replenishing and knowing how much better you feel afterwards and like Mm -hmm. valuing that experience and that feeling because Mm -hmm. you know that you feel so much more positive at the end of it. Um, And then it's protecting it, right? Setting boundaries is about also like enforcing them. It doesn't matter if you tell yourself you're going to do this thing every week. If you don't do it, then it's not really a boundary, right? So then it becomes the enforcing it. And at that point, you're just really trying to honor yourself, like the word you made with yourself. And Mm -hmm. there is a lot of power that comes from that, especially with consistency, right? You feel more assured to tell people like your boyfriend, like, nope, we can meet before or after. Um, Whereas at the beginning, you might've been like, uh, well, like maybe I can move this one class or I can like find the different time slot that'll work, you know, just to accommodate. But Mm -hmm. as you get more confident in it and as it becomes a part of like who you are and what you do, uh, it's, it's a lot easier. It gets so much easier to just be like, Oh no, I can't do that day. Done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just can't, you don't even have to say why you just can't you yes. have commitment that you don't move. And yes. that's it. <laughs> yeah. I think what you ended on there, I wish I could like scream to people. Like you don't always have to say why, um, mm-hmm. you know, people are not entitled to know 
they're not entitled to anything in regards to you. They're not entitled to an explanation. Unfortunately, sometimes they're not entitled to an apology. They're not entitled to anything. And so once you can respect that in other people, um, then giving it out is a lot easier. So, yeah. you know, instead of people being like, like say a friend invites you to a party and you just do not want to go and you're like, well, my grandma's cat actually has a really bad cough and like whatever, like <laughs> instead of coming up with this elaborate excuse and then feeling like the weight of that guilt, you could just be like, no, thanks. But like, I hope you have a great time. Um, yeah. and the why doesn't always need to be provided. Um, you know, or, you know, people saying, like if you're dating and in that kind of situation and someone asks you out and you say no and they're like, why? They're not entitled to that information. If it's something that, if it's an exchange that's making you uncomfortable and it's not mentally putting you in a good place, like that, they're not entitled to that. And so that's not necessary. Um, and like, I love your point in terms of, you know, setting that boundary with a family member, like, hey, maybe we just won't talk about business. We can talk about everything else. And that's, that's what it is. You don't need to be like, well, it makes me really upset when you, whatever, like you can go into it if you want mm -hmm. to. Um, but I think a lot of fear of people is, well, I don't want, like, that's embarrassing, or I don't want to, you know, I feel shame associated with that or guilt or like, there's a fear of some sort that's underlying there. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't need to be because you don't owe that explanation to anybody. Um, so I really love that reminder, especially in terms of not just business, but like all aspects of your life. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely something that you have to go through to like really know where you put in what you can say and with who. And I think every relationship is so complex. It has its own, you know, you know your people best. So you mm -hmm. know how to communicate that information in a way that you feel is going to like get the message across, um, that feels, you know, good to you, that doesn't feel like, okay, I'm just following this rule. I guess I have to tell you now that we're not going to talk about business. It's more like, do you really truly, is that truly what you want to do? Um, and I've had to set that boundary up before, um, actually multiple times <laughs> with friends and family. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's not been fun. Like it's not a fun mm -hmm. conversation. I'm not right. saying it's going to be fun and everyone's going to be super happy about it. Or receptive. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. They're, 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 a lot of them will be very upset. Right. Um, about mm -hmm. certain things, but I think it's just, um, it, it has brought up like in the past, um, with a specific relationship, uh, you know, in the past, it has brought up me truly seeing how entitled people can be to your time to your mm -hmm. attention and to your, you know, energy. And mm -hmm. it's when you remove yourself or different parts of that from the equation, if mm -hmm. they're not willing to stay any longer, well, it's because like, you're taking away, like, you know, their candy, like that's what they were mm -hmm. here for. And now you're taking that away. So like, well, you know, it could be from like a nasty, like, you know, person or in-law or family member or friend who like always loved like poking jokes at like your business or like your idea of like, who's going to buy that? Or who's going to, who's going to pay that? Or mm -hmm. really that's what you're going to do for a living. You know, little things that might be like quirky or might be just enough little jobs that make you uncomfortable. That's enough. It doesn't need to be this huge, big blown up fight. It can mm -hmm. just be enough that you don't feel comfortable with that exchange. Um, and that's enough for you to either step away, you know, block the person or actually like have a conversation that says, listen, like, I love you for this part of our relationship, mm -hmm. but we can't do this part anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and then let's see what happens, right? If they stay, they stay. And if they go, it's entirely their loss. <laughs> so right. 
that's it. <laughs> yeah. And the no for no reason is so, yeah, it's so important because even if it's not that you have, you know, this deep seated reason as to why you don't want to do something, maybe you just want to hang out by yourself. Maybe you just want silence yeah. for 20 minutes and, you know, something instead. And so, yeah, I really love, um, I really love that you're advocating so much for that and kind of reminding people of their worth in terms of that validation, essentially. Yeah. 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 We don't need it from anyone else. We have it all within ourselves, honestly. We do. Um, So is the honest hustle something that you've kind of always wanted to do? Did you kind of have the inkling of it when you were younger or is it just something that like as you developed and you learned kind of your passions and where your skill sets and where they met um that you decided to move forward with it yeah I think it was more the latter where um I think I've I've always been creative I've always loved um so in Honest Hustle I offer a lot of services right and one of the main things um is I have the Honest Hustle Club which is a community for um for entrepreneurs for them to feel and be in community but also to have education and tools and resources to help them grow um their online businesses Mm -hmm. and in there you know I've really loved the community aspect of it and I think when I started it I thought you know oh it's going to be um, I'm going to be able to teach on all these different things that I know how to do and have been able to work in my business or in my clients' businesses. Mm-hmm. And then as I started sending out surveys, as I started, you know, learning from the community, um, especially when I was asking questions like, why did you join? Mm-hmm. The main reason that they kept saying was like, well, because I, I felt alone and I wanted to be in community with others. Mm-hmm. And that was like the most surprising to me. So I can't say I grew it in the idea that like, oh, this is like specifically for community, but mm-hmm. it has become the stronger part um, of what it is all about. And mm-hmm. um, and if I look back, I can say like, I never decided to make that. Like, I wasn't like, oh, okay, I'm gonna start a community so that people don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. It's like, actually as an entrepreneur myself, I feel alone and I'm over here trying to like pre-COVID times, go to every single networking event possible and trying to meet as many people as possible um, just because I'm craving to be around other people that feel as driven and excited about the things that they're creating as I do. Mm-hmm. And so eventually it turned into something more than what I was kind of envisioning at the beginning. And I think mm-hmm. that's the beautiful part of entrepreneurship. Like we go at it with one idea and then it might it morph blooms. into something completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think it's been more of a progression, a growth. Um, I started offering, like it was first, you know, in its original inception on his hustle was a creative services agency format which was offering like graphic design and website and um, photography and video. And I still offer a lot of those things, but the price point is completely different. And therefore the clients that I work with are completely different Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like how invested in their business they truly are and how little it's just like, oh yeah, I'll just do this thing just to see what it, what it looks like in my business. It's more like the commitment is so much bigger Mm -hmm. um, because of where, where they're all at in their business, you know, journeys. But, uh, but it's been a beautiful thing to witness. And I think that's the most exciting part of entrepreneurship. I don't know any entrepreneur that has started a business and it looks exactly as day one. I mean, that would mm-hmm. probably be really sad. <laughs> yeah. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because often when you start it, you don't really understand fully what you're capable of yet. So then once you kind of get the taste, you're like, oh, I could do this and expand with it. And if it just kind of stayed that teeny tiny vision um, that originally was huge to you, then it it's less fulfilling because you have less to continue challenging yourself on. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. Um, I love 
I haven't been to any of your events or anything yet. And I keep waiting until like, I know I have a babysitter or something secured and I'll be, I'm going. Um, mm -hmm. But it looks incredible. Um, so I, I would definitely recommend like anyone listening to, to check out your content. Um, what about your story do you think is important for other people to hear? Um, I think there's a lot of elements of my story um, that I think I've been able to like dissect and pull out um, learnings or teachings from. I think one of the main uh, things that I learned through my story and my past has been the importance of um, really knowing that you know nothing about the people around you mm -hmm. um, and being able to really sit with the fact that you know, I've, I've always been curious, like looking at someone waiting for the bus, for example, when yes. I'm driving by or someone being like, where are they going? Like, mm -hmm. what are they going to do? Like, where did they come from? Are they happy right now? Like just being curious about people um, and actually caring to know more about what they're like, what their story is like, mm -hmm. what, they're, where, what they're feeling, where they're from. Connecting on that level has been, I think, one of the most impactful things in my life. And I think something that we often take for granted is how rich the stories around us truly are, but we just mm -hmm. don't ever get that deep with people, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're just, we're in the day-to-day, -day, we have conversations, we talk about work, we talk about the weather, we talk about, you know, the times and the things that are happening. But like, when was the last time you got super deep with someone and like asked them about their fears and about the things that were, they were super passionate about? Like, those are the conversations that really get me going. Um, and it's where I've probably learned the most. So I would say um, my, my growth of understanding the importance of people's stories and how you can really not judge any single person by just looking at them is mm -hmm. an incredible tool that I've been able to kind of maximize in both my business and in my life. Mm -hmm. But I think it's one of the things that I, I would encourage most people to do is to be more curious about the people around you um, on a much deeper level than we tend to be day to day. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of knowledge just sitting like next to you at you know, yes. wherever it is you are. So it's just, yeah. just asking and, and communicating. I love that. And yeah, some of the most interesting people I've met was just, you know, someone, and then you just kind of spark a conversation and you're like, oh, you're way more dynamic than I thought rather than, you know, <laughs> yeah. this one dimensional person sitting beside me, they kind of unfold. Um, yeah. So I think that's powerful and magical. And that's something that I also hope to highlight, you know, with this podcast as well. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're currently working on or trying to raise awareness for? Um, I mean, a couple of things. I think uh, I'm in the in the early stages of some things that I, I, you know, I'm excited to talk about, but I don't have anywhere to tell you to go to look at. Um, right. You know, I, I always will have the Honest Hustle Club uh, as an option for people that are looking for now, not just community, but the the education or the master classes or the 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 gathering of minds together in a mindset, um, you know, type of like mastermind format. Um, mm -hmm. The Honest Hustle Club is really where I direct most people to, and you can find that at honesthustle.ca. But um, one of the biggest things I'm working on this year uh, is really uh, coming up with like a curriculum for growth in mindset and in the belief and the self-worth really uh, conversations that we were talking about earlier that I want to bring into uh, into shelters. So uh, I spent uh, like a good six to seven months of my life in a shelter um, as soon as I arrived to Canada in a new immigrant shelter. shelter. And the people there uh, have like freaking incredible stories that I'm mm -hmm. so excited to like dive a little bit deeper into. But one of the things I always said was like, what if someone at that time when I was 13 
walked into the shelter and told me like, you know, your future does not have to look this way. You are allowed to like aim for things a lot bigger and brighter than this. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to just like survive. You can actually thrive. Like you can actually like ask for more than what you just need. And it's not greedy and it's not selfish and it's not none of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I would have come around to this mindset game a little bit earlier and it would have probably helped to kind of like, you know, condense the timeline in terms of how long it takes to kind of get out of that mindset of, well, like, you know, this is, I guess, what we're, what what our life looks like now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm excited to work on a curriculum to go into back into these new immigrant shelters and be able to communicate that. I'd love to do that with my mother um, because I experienced a shelter as a child uh, and she experienced it as a parent having her family and her kids there. So I feel like it would be a great duo to have um, us be able to come in and speak, you know, her to the parents and me to the children of like, this is not your story. Like, as this is not the end of it. Like this is just a part of it. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. growth from here, but it's not like, you know, the thing that is now going to be defining you for the rest of your life. And that I'm super excited about. So I don't have any links to that because it's going to be growing and in the works this entire year. Yeah. Um, you know, and I am birthing a kid somewhere in the middle of that. So yes, <laughs> uh, it'll likely be a 2023 type of um, thing that comes out into the world but for now it's a curriculum building and and really just making the connections with not only the shelter mm-hmm. I was at but all the new immigrant shelters around in the area so I'm really pumped really pumped about that and uh and excited to see what stories come out from it because the coolest people live there <laughs> mm-hmm. that is so powerful and I'm sure like on some levels healing like I love that yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be trippy as heck um, yeah. for sure to like have that experience, but it's going to feel um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a mixture of like I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for my inner child. I'm doing it for so many, um, you know, deep rooted reasons, but I think it's, it's like, it's what I have to do. Like it's um, tonight. It's one of those things when they say, you know, what's an idea in your head that you cannot stop thinking about like that. that's what needs to be born next. It's that mm-hmm. right now. So, so I got to follow it through and see where it takes me and we'll see it'll probably look different at the end right than it does in the yeah. beginning but but hopefully bigger and brighter and ideally impacting way more people than I can think of I love it I love it well thank you so 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 much for joining me today and sharing um your mindset your wisdom your goals um everything so I really appreciate your time Thank you. No, thank you so much. Um, I love this format for this podcast. I love um, all the ways that you go into people's stories and appreciate you because that is um, that is something that people need to be able to voice out a little bit more. And especially when we're coming around to understanding the value of it, um, mm-hmm. it's good to have an outlet and a place to be able to be like, you know, these are the things that I feel like have been the most important. And I hope that um, at least one part of today's episode was resonating or hit someone with like a wow moment that they can ideally implement and if anybody else goes to do bi-weekly blowouts I'd love to hear about it (laughs) (laughs) I love it